Sharks. My name is John Soriel. I'm from Washington, D.C., and I'm seeking a $300,000 investment in exchange for 10% equity in my product. I took authentic <laughs> recipes from the motherland and gave them a fresh new taste and look with Tada Foods. Whatever you're doing right now, I need you to stop what you're doing. Uh, you know, mowing the lawn, getting a shower, going to the bathroom, and just start giving some super claps to Super John Soriel. Woo! Welcome, John. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling super with that introduction. Who, who, who wouldn't? Let's go. So, uh, so John, you were on uh, season eleven, episode one, uh, which was a little while ago. So it's it's good to see you know to get an update on uh, what's going on. We'll get to that at the end of the interview. Uh, but first, we always like to start out with what was your relationship to tar- to Shark Tank prior to getting to go on Shark Tank? Did you watch the show a lot? And I watch the show a lot. Never heard of it before. We were we were an open relationship. I, I would sometimes watch and uh, sometimes I wouldn't. Um, no, I, I always I don't, I don't know anyone who doesn't enjoy the show. Right? It's uh, I think it's just universally loved um, and for good reason. Uh, but I, I was never like obsessive about it. Like if if an episode came on, I would I would I would I would you know out of interest. I want to see how people would fare and. You know, if if you've got any any type of business experience or uh, or corporate experience, it's it's always fascinating to see, uh, you know, how these VCs react to hearing a pitch for the first time, and, and you try to parse out, you know, how much of it is real, <clears throat> at least from your from your perspective, how much of it is real, how much of it is uh, showboating or you know doing stuff you know for the show. Um, so that that's always been an interest, but yeah, I've always enjoyed the show. I gotta imagine there's a subset, of, you know, of Americans that are just busy with life, right? They're working mm. hard. They're trying to make ends meet. Um, if they've got a business, they're just, you know, just grinding away. Um, and if they do have some free time, there's probably, you know, whether it be whatever their interest is, sports, or they're watching documentaries, or you know, because not everyone has as much. I I feel. I mean, me personally, I don't have as much free time as as I would like, you know, between me, me neither. <laughs> yeah, between the company and, and the kids like we were talking, uh, you know, off air. Um, life is just happening a million miles a minute. So it's hard to carve out that time to just kind of turn off your brain and and sit and watch. But, yes, uh, if I if I come across it on, on TV, uh, I definitely I, I definitely tune in. So once you figured out that you were um, heading towards the direction of Shark Tank, did you apply once or did they find you? Like, how did you get hooked up with Shark Tank? They found us. They found you. Oh, that's awesome. I've had quite a few of those uh, those instances on the show yeah. here. Um, once you started to, to go down that path, how did you, especially having, um, as you said, prior to being there, you have three kids. Uh, how did you balance the gauntlet that is Shark Tank with a business that is doing um, over a million dollars a year in business uh, and, and you know, getting like the whole prepare, preparedness for Shark Tank itself? I, I think humans are capable of much more than we give ourselves credit for. I mean, I mean, we give ourselves a lot of credit, but. I just feel like when there's an opportunity, you you just put it into another gear, right? You just find that time. You're, I, I was like ruthless in terms of my time management um, to prepare for the show. 
I leaned heavily on my network of friends to, to help, to help with that, whether it came for like video production or application or, you know, uh, doing like a mock, you know, shark tank, you know, and everyone's fighting over who gets to be Mark Cuban or Mr. Wonderful, because, you know, they all want to be, uh, you know, a little tough with me is I guess the nice way to say it, but, um, it's just you you find the time and then you know it helps to have an amazing wife who has always supported me uh and just she just she works full time um she's really i mean i hate it's cliche but it's 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 just appropriate they are the unsung heroes of every entrepreneur right because they allow they allow me to you know not pick up the kids from school or you know, allow me to maybe not cook dinner this night and go pick something up so that I have, you know, an extra hour, hour and a half or take the kids to soccer practice or what have you. So um, it just kind of all works out. It's amazing what you're capable of doing when there's like a big prize at the end. Right. You know, it's like uh, when you know you're going to win something at the end, you know, you don't get tired. You just and and if and if you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you have just built up incredible stamina, right? Leading into Shark Tank, I mean, I was I was running on fumes, but I was still running. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, and obviously for me, based on my, you know, on my religious background, it's, it was the grace of God too that allowed me to, to really uh, push through what was a very, very busy time. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Um, and, you know, shout out to to the significant others out there that help uh, carry that weight, you know, that weight and, uh, and, and workload of, you know, not maybe working in the business, maybe not working in the business, but like the business of the household, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and the responsibilities. I, I know, I mean, I lean on my wife a lot uh, to help, you know, make sure that things happen. I do everything I can to be for there for every everything and anything um but you know it, it still it still takes a toll uh on them as well to to be able to double up their responsibilities at times and uh so it's you know big big shout out to those significant absolutely, others out absolutely. there absolutely um so okay so going into start thing how how did you work out your uh your valuation 300,000 for 10% offer uh, we took what was our running, uh, you know, our running 12 month sales and we imparted, uh, just, you know, a three X multiple on, on top line, which we know is, we, we know that's not, oh, I hate it when people say that's not how it's typically done because there's always an exception to the rule. Is there not Joe? Right. They're dig, dig. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's it's you know anywhere you know one point five to two point five of EBITDA, uh, and then you see a company that gets six x of you know projected top line revenue, right? Um, or people are investing you know pre revenue at some what it's a made up evaluation. Well, right? Tada is a tech company, isn't it? That's what the T in Tada stands for, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> T is for for technology. We're also blockchain, crypto. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever the, the 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 flavor of the month is, NFT. You know, uh, you know, get your falafel NFTs uh, today. But yeah, so it, it's you know we wanted it to be reasonable, and I actually have been accused of being extremely conservative. You know, in 
you know, my outlook uh, on things. But I felt that was a valuation that recognized the fact that we weren't some mom and pop that were, you know, we had created this recipe in our kitchen and God bless that's America's built on the mom and pop businesses or it used to the be the story of yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but we we're in distribution. We have history, we have sales, we've won awards, right? We, we just happen to have gone through a very difficult downturn based on some, you know, some manufacturing. And then it's very easy to go, you know, cash flow negative or get behind. Uh, and once you do, it's, it's, you know, without some injection of or infusion of capital, it's, it's almost impossible to, to dig yourself out of that. So we thought it was a fair valuation based on, you know, what I was bringing to the table with the, the company and what, you know, what we had established. And it was for us really just riding the ship, riding the ship uh, and, you know, injecting the, the necessary capital in order to uh, continue improving sales. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a, th- a very t- um, touching story that, you know, that whole, your whole pitch, the whole, well, the whole block of video was, it was very touching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I mean, there's so many things that we'll, we'll get into when we actually get into the tank uh, end of the story, but I, you know, I, I think that looking, having an outlook um, that is conservative, isn't such a bad thing. I think that it's, um, I don't I don't necessarily think that it's uh like you know they say like scared money makes no money kind of thing, but I, I do think that there's something to it because you you can easily get into a place where uh you have one bad month, you have two bad months, you have three bad months, and now it's a bad quarter and things are looking real bad and you aren't sleeping at night. The weight of the debt is is now on your back, not just like oh it's over there. Like we know we're kind of paying it down. Like it's we're, we we have, we made friends with the debt. Um, no, now the debt is like sitting on your back, and it's it's you're carrying it everywhere. You're carrying it into your relationships, your family, your your just your mental sleep, everything. So I think being conservative isn't necessarily the you know worst thing that you could be. Um, and when you're talking about food, and 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 when you're talking about okay, we went with a three x multiplier on sales. Um, as long as you have the markup to back it up so that you're, you're able to make enough profit to, to, you know, pay back the, you know, the, uh, the value of that, um, that percentage or that loan that you're taking for the money. Uh, I, I think that you're in the, you know, you're pretty much in the clear, like you're not going to have that, that kind of stress level because you're not constantly, as you said, falling behind and with no real way to dig yourself out without just like somebody saying, here's a lottery, like ding, you, you want, you know, you put it all on what you had on black and there we go. Yeah. We're, we're back in the black. Um, yeah. And you know, the conservative outlook comes from experience because I can tell you when I was f- first starting the company, I was not conservative. Right. Mm-hmm. I, when I was talking to my initial investors, the ones that I, I fought very hard to protect, throughout that airing and then later on, um, you know, and, and to this day, when I first did my five-year PL projections, right, I had to make assumptions. Oh, we're going to get into this account and we're going to move this many units per week. And, and it was all literally pie in the sky type of thing. And then you, you learn the realities of the, this new industry because I came from the tech space um, and you – you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, it's not just as easy of, as getting on the shelf. Retailers have category review cycles. Sometimes those cycles happen once a year. 
if you don't get approved in that cycle, then you're waiting 12 months, right? And this chain that has a thousand stores or 500 stores isn't going to even look your direction for another, you know, you know, 11 months. And then you get on the shelf and, you know, oh yeah, woohoo. But then you're not moving, you know, five units a week per SKU, uh, per location. You know, it's, it's three units or two and a half or four, whatever, you know? And so like these wild, like straight line graph, you know, or like skate ramp type of graph, uh, five-year PNL projections, um, then you learn every, every time you have to go back to your investors and say, okay, we're recasting our projections, you know, we're, re- we're adjusting our projection, you know, as you learn, right. And over the course of now it's been for me 11 plus years, you learn to be uh, a, a lot more conservative and it's better to under promise and over deliver. Oh, I, ding, ding. Absolutely. Uh, for anyone watching PNL is profit and loss. Uh, and per, I think the key thing there though, is, is projecting. I think that there's a lot of, uh, entrepreneurs out there that either over project or don't project at all. And they're just kind of like, well, you know, I made it work. So I just keep selling, keep moving it, keep moving it, keep moving it. But you don't actually stop to like make real projections of like, okay, what's the goal, right? We can always move the goal, but what's the, you know, where is the goal at? Um, I, I would say adjust the goal and maybe not move the goal. Cause you're not like, ah, oh, you know, uh, moving it as so much as maybe adjusting it down a little or, or up, but, um, but going into the tank, how were you feeling about your pitch and your your offer and everything that was going on with the business? Because I mean, here you are. Uh, oh, I can't. Such a bad pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, let's see if I could. There we go. Uh, you can. Um, so going into the tank. So something about myself, uh, like most people don't know, but I mean, the people that are close to me know. I'm, I'm usually pretty confident and, and laid back. Um, and, you know, growing up in New York and, and you know, kind of, you know, you have certain life experiences that put things into perspective and then doing uh, mission work and traveling abroad and seeing different things. I, I kind of have a bigger picture type of perspective on things. So I, I, I try not to get overwhelmed in the moment. And the whole process going into Shark Tank I was excited, but I was, I was confident, right? I knew I was going to give a good pitch. I believed in our product. I mean, I had years and years of experience and, and feedback, not just from customers, but from buyers and retailers and from the press about our product telling us this is a game changer, right? This is, there's nothing like this in the frozen market. But then you wait outside those doors, right? And, you know, they've got the producers and they've got the ear mic, oh, ta-da, you know, ta-da on set, you know, whatever. And they're getting ready to open it up. And, and I would like all of the rehearsals, you know, where you don't see the sharks, right? So you do the rehearsals, you, you, you do your pitch, uh, you practice it. You have people that are kind of helping you with that. I was confident. I was calm, you know, but right at that door, I felt my heart beating super fast. So I picked up my Apple watch. I was at like 168 beats per minute. Like, and I'm in fairly good shape. So like, I have to be working really hard, like running or on a bike or playing basketball to get my heart rate. And my heart, and I, and I, at that moment, I said, if I go out there this amped up, this, you know, this nervous, I'm going to bomb. So as I'm walking 
that you know the plank or whatever it is the corridor that leads to the the room i'm praying i'm i'm just praying. i was like god please give me peace please calm down my uh my heart rate you know let this go according to to your will and then as soon as i got there i planted my feet and i looked at them this is my first time seeing them and just i i i was calm and i was my i was back to my you know closer to my baseline and i i gave my pitch and you it always did. helps to smile too yeah, right. Doesn't it? I that's I always tell my kids just 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 pause and smile, you know, and um and and maybe go get get a good laugh in. I had to do that to my daughter earlier, like she she was having a bad day, so I'm like, all right, we'll go watch some SpongeBob and then, you know, have a snack and then yeah. come back and come back to it and we'll we'll get it done. But, um, but yeah, so I so yeah, I loved uh I loved your pitch. It definitely uh stood out to me as something that. You know, because so often, like, you know, there's a lot of businesses that come on the show that aren't aren't where you're at. Right. And it's always I think it's awesome to see that journey uh, and people that are at that stage in their business getting an opportunity to go on the show. It's not just people that are just getting started or like, you know, maybe just a month or two or three, four months in Um, and and having that uh, having that 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 moment of reality of like, you know, the, the business is not, you know, doing as great as it was. Like if you had come in like, you know, three years earlier, I'd be like, Hey, we're riding high and yeah, we're conservative, but like everything's going well. Um, I think is a great lesson for entrepreneurs, super entrepreneurs to, to really take in there because it's like, it's not all like sunshine and roses. Like, yeah. Oh, you made a million dollars. Like, congratulations. That's incredible. Right. Not everybody needs to do that. But can you do it again next year and do a little bit more and do a little bit more and do a little bit more like and then what do you, what's yeah. going to happen when you get punched in the face when you have a, a supplier that can't do it right that or or a co-packer that's like, hey, we closed up or hey, somebody bought us and like they're not doing your stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Know, I, exactly. You know, when I did my uh, audition video, I used the quote. Uh, everybody's got a plan until they got until they get punched in the face, right? Yep. Um, and being an entrepreneur is taking tons of punches to the face and you know all other parts of the body. Um, and it was you know and going in there, we had done cumulatively ten million in sales, right? In our history, the the problem is a business is judged. What have you done for me lately? Right. So, you know, I, I, I used to do something that was I, I felt was really unhealthy, which is, you know, comparing uh, comparing yourself to other businesses. Um, and it's easy to fall into that trap. But we all know uh, comparison is a thief of joy. Right. And so I would say, you know, this company doesn't even have a, a commercial product and they just raised 15 million dollars or 40 million dollars. And. It's just another version of X, Y, and Z, right? And, you know, you start to look, it's like, well, if I just started my business from scratch tomorrow and we didn't have these down years, everyone would be looking at us as like, oh, wow, this is great. Um, But people need to understand business is very rarely, I mean, I think there's lots of books and statistics on the number of businesses that actually succeed. But I think even more rare is business is never, you know, you're going from strength to strength to strength and growing and growing and growing and growing in this, 
you know, it should have an upward trajectory, but sometimes you're taking one step forward and two steps back, right? And then, you know, it's like you grow in fits and spurts, right? Is, is what, you know, I've heard people describe it as, you know, you have, you have a solid year, a couple, and then, you know, you go on Shark Tank and things are looking good and then COVID, right? And, you know, what are you going to do? And, you know, factories are closing down and trucking costs increase by, you know, a factor of, you know, three or four, you know, um, you can't get supplies and paper and package, all of that stuff. Uh, stores don't have enough merchandisers to stock the shelves. So your, your, your shelves are empty. And, and if you've been in business long enough, you just learn to, to gut things out. You learn, to, you get creative, you know, you hang on, um, you know, a good friend of mine is an entrepreneur and he showed me a, a, a cartoon of what it's like being an entrepreneur. It's a guy hanging off of a cliff with a rope with a knot at the end. And he's just hanging like this, you know, you know, trying to regather his strength to try and climb back up the rope. And so uh, it feels like that a lot of days, you know, and, and you have the added complication of being frozen, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, I mean, I got food poisoning for like the, one of the few times ever in my life. And it came, I got it twice back to back because it came from frozen fruit because apparently there was not enough people to get the frozen fruit into the freezer uh, at a, in a timely manner and got sick twice before I realized, Oh, this is definitely what, cause I was like, Oh, it's fruit. It's frozen. Okay. Like, it, you know, if it thawed out, like it shouldn't be a big deal. No, it was a big deal. <laughs> it well, was terrible. It's, it's, it's a big deal. And uh, you know, I mean, COVID was was a great teacher for many a thing. Uh, but one is how finely tuned our supply chain and manufacturing processes are, right? Because everything in business is about efficiency, right? And and operating on the razor's edge of efficiency with very little fat or margin for error. So when one domino foe falls, they're all so close together a lot of them, you know, go off the rails. And so, yeah, you know, when you don't, people don't realize when you have, you know, workers and you rely on regular workers and you now have to bring in temporary workers because workers are staying home because they're scared or they're sick or someone from the, or you're following COVID protocols and you're, you're alternating shifts and you're, and you add new people or they're temp people. There's a lot of opportunity for things to go wrong, especially if you don't have really well structured processes and you know management to oversee those uh especially when it comes to food um so yeah. i'm sorry you got sick by the way no that, it's a, that it, well, it, it sucked but uh, thank you it's uh you know it's a fruit smoothie and it's like how did i get sick from a fruit smoothie exactly. um you know, I, yeah, the, I mean, if it, it is, it is all about efficiencies. You can do anything if you have enough time, you know, I always say there's three strings, right? The time, energy, and money, right? And, and you're always pulling on one of those strings to get things done. And, um, you know, if you're taking from one, you know, if you're doing something else, you're, you're taking away from something else to be able to do that. Um, so I, I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, you, you just, you're always just one, economic downturn away from from something that you know isn't necessarily in your control um and that's mm -hmm. why it's, i think it's important to to also be somewhat conservative so that you can save up for those rainy days uh or rainy years rainy quarters uh so that you're not sunk and you don't have that that monkey on your back of like beaten you know of debt beaten on your and you know to the point that, of what you said about 
uh, oh, I see these other companies. You get the comparanoia. They're getting 15 million, 40 million, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, that's real headache right there, right? Because, like, let's let's face mm-hmm. it. Like, if you had to pay $300,000 back, John, you could do it. Like, you could get a job. It, wait, it's going to take a while. It ain't happening tomorrow. Some water or something. Yeah, whatever. But you could plasma. do it. You're not paying back $40 million, man, unless you have the next great idea. Yeah, but the thing is, like, when, when people are taking, you know, Series A type of money, right? That's not that's not that's not debt, right? That's equity, right? They're still if, responsibility. Like, so, I mean, there's a there's a fiduciary responsibility, but at the end of the look at, I mean, there's look at the graveyard of companies that raised tens, hundreds of millions of dollars, and the people just walked away. Right. I mean, there's not like they're not personally liable for taking an investment. Look at WeWork. I mean, yeah, what he pulled point. off, what he pulled. And he's got another company where he just I think he has already raised a billion dollars or something insane like that. Um, and then you've got bad actors. You know, uh, you know, you have the case with Theranos and there was this company, um, Juicero. Do you remember? Yeah. Juicero? Oh, yeah. No, I know about Juicero. I don't remember how much he, he, he raised. I don't know, 50, 60 million dollars. It was in the tens of millions of dollars, you know, for a machine that for squeezed. <laughs> yeah. And then the New York Times, whoever the art, they basically squeezed the pack and like, this is a subscription service. And and it was all hype. Um, but I mean, he's he's not on the hook. I mean, he didn't do anything illegal, right? Uh, not like, uh, you know, some other uh, founders have done. So yeah, the, it's it just, a, it's, a, it's a different, it's a different thing. Um, you know, because there's there's debt and then there's equity. And as far as I'm concerned, like, yes, you are responsible for returning uh, shareholder value there. But, I mean, VCs operate on the principles, best of my knowledge, that they'll make 10 investments and they're only expecting one or two of them to really hit and hit big, right? Which is why they push VCs play an important role in entrepreneurship. I don't know if in recent years it has been to the benefit of founders because I feel like once you take on that type of money, you get pushed into doing things, you know, or doing things at a, at a pace that you wouldn't normally do it. And it's, it's, it's ripe for uh, it's ripe with peril. Um, you know, you build too fast. I mean, I, I, I think we can enjoy building a little bit faster ourselves, but uh, you know, some of these companies take on a ton of money and they haven't even crawled yet. Right. Or walked. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I, I think you know, that, that in your case, the added um, complexity of the frozenness of a product is you don't, you can't, you can't afford to grow too fast and then have products sitting somewhere um, that isn't going anywhere. You know, it's expensive and it, then they're just throwing it out. Like it's wasteful. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that the yeah. personal it's still personal responsibility. And if you know, and and to me, like I wouldn't personally be able to take that kind of level of money and and not feel that w- the weight of it, regardless of if I'm on the hook on it personally. Oh, or not. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. my responsibility, yeah. it's my um word, you know, it's it's um uh what's yeah. I'm trying to think there's another word in there, but uh but oh, I, I think uh, I, I think that's a great uh, transition into the conversation that you had with the sharks protecting your your founders. 
mm-hmm. and ha- and how uh, it, how important it was to you to not just like hey there's money like yeah you guys are out <laughs> you know you guys are out I got I got me a shark or two sharks and um thank thanks for the ride but uh the, this is where you get off well yeah it, it ties into what you just mentioned about the the weight of responsibility of taking other people's money um and when it's people that you care about or people within your, 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 your circle, your social circle, you know, family members, uh, friends, then it weighs even more heavenly, even though the, the numbers aren't as big. And so they were the ones who stepped up time and time again, where based on my inexperience in the early years, I would project, Oh, we need this amount of money to get here. Well, then, it take we don't get there. It takes longer, and it takes more money than you ever, you know, than you ever projected. And so you say, "Hey, we're moving in the right direction, but we need another, you know, infusion of cash." And they were the ones who, time and time again, gave that again according to their their abilities and to our needs at the time. We're not talking about you know VCs here. Um, and so it was really important that they it's still, it's very important that they are the ones who participate in the upside of the company. Um, and not, you know, I, I, I'm, I might be loyal to a fault, uh, but that's okay. It's something I'm willing to, uh, to have, um, associated with my name is that I was too loyal to them and, and maybe not seeing the opportunity to, you know, but I mean, it didn't, it didn't prohibit us from, from moving forward on air. So we were, you know, we're still able to strike up, we get two offers and two very good offers, I felt, and and uh, move forward from there. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say to, to a fault. I mean, to me, that's a, a, a great quality for them to see in you. And if they don't see that, then... No, no, because you know, I've had people, Joe, I've had people say that there's a term that's used that I learned uh, in the due diligence phase, not from any of the sharks, but from outside advisors, it's called dead weight on the cap table, right? Mm. So, you know, your cap table is, you know, is your, the, the different investors and their, what they've invested and what, you know, how many shares they have. Um, but as the company's growing, if an investor isn't, isn't actively part of the operations of the company or the management of the company or actively reinvesting in subsequent rounds then outside investors view them as dead weight on the cap table right um and it's a extremely capitalistic way to look at it and i understand it but i look at them as foundational members there is no cap table without these people right Mm -hmm. so yeah foundations are heavy if you want to call it dead weight that's fine but the whole house is built on the people who showed you faith when there was nothing, there was no shark tank. Like these are the guys that invested in me when it was just a concept. Hey, I got this idea. I think it can work. You know, here's my five-year P and L based on my projections. (laughs) Um, And really they are investing in you. Uh, And so you can't turn your back on people that believed in you when you were literally at the, you know, nothing. Absolutely. I mean, loyalty go, to me is is not everything, but it's 
it's pretty darn up there on the list of things that are important uh, that I'm not going to get run over uh, by people that I've gone and put my neck out for, you know, in the process. Um, I know we're, we're running low on time here. So real briefly, I wanted to touch on uh, just a couple of things. Uh, one, I love that you, uh, you know, are so passionate about giving back with the company um, and in injecting that into, uh, you know, as a, as part of the company. Um, so would you like to speak to that uh, a little bit? Yeah, I, 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 there are a lot of people who lead with their hearts, okay? I've never believed I was that person. I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade. I'm fairly lo- logical uh, and, and data, data-driven. Um, I have a creative side as well. And so, but I never thought of myself as being a softy, you know? And um, should, should I pull up you crying? No, that was so. When we had when we watched it with my family, my kids were mortified. In fact, one of my kids said, Dad, you sound like a mouse, right? Because um, people don't realize your adrenaline is, 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 is surging, right? And it's it's pressure. And they've obviously they have to edit it in, you know, I'm in there for like 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And it was contentious. We're going back and forth and I'm fighting for a deal because I really wanted a deal. Uh, I needed it. We needed a deal. And Daniel asked that one question. I know we're off topic from what you originally asked, but he asked that one question. And the combination, when I answered that question, it made me think about, you know, the things I've seen in, in, in other parts of the world, the people who are, who are, who are really suffering and the, the people that we want to help. And I thought about my wife and my kids and, all the sacrifices that she, you know, she made, right. You know, she deferred a lot of her dreams to support me in that moment, that pressure cooker, adrenaline filled moment. I just became overwhelmed with emotion, but I didn't want to stop trying to pitch the sharks. So I'm trying to continue, you know, connecting with them and trying to get them to see, you know, how special Tada is but I'm doing it while I'm getting emotional. I'm, I'm tearing up, which I don't normally I, you know, count maybe on one hand how many times I've cried as an adult. And so it came out as me like the squeaky voice. And, you know, I, I, I don't read too many comments, you know, after the show, post show. But, you know, people are like, oh, here we go. The waterworks. It's all staged. Da, da, da. No, it's not. It's people like fighting for their houses. Right. You know, if you've secured debt and put your house as collateral, like all of the emotion, everything you've put into the company comes to a boil. And that's part of the magic of, of Shark Tank. But back to your question about giving, um, the, for me, I, I don't trust my human nature to be overcome by some form of greed, right? Or love of money. And I've never been driven by it, but I knew that with success, you know, I could change as a person. So I needed something to ground me and the company to keep us, you know, always headed in the right direction. To, un- to understand why we're doing what we're doing. So the social aspect of the company became the, you know, the primary DNA, if you will. The whole reason why I started the company was because I was working in the not-for-profit space at the time. And I grew frustrated by how much time they spent trying to raise funds for the, 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 the mission work that they do. Um, 
And it's a, it, it's extremely time consuming. And so I looked into social capitalism, social, social ventures. And I, from day one, I believed that Tada had to be this, had to be this type of company and that all companies in the future are going to have to have some element uh, of, of social giving uh, or giving back to the community, uh, not just for profits. Like you can run a profitable business. Now, what I will say is while my heart was in the right position, the way I structured it was so bad. <laughs> so bad. And it was what missed, what Mr. Wonderful tore me up on that. Mark, Mark, Mark got it right away. You know, Mark and, and Daniel, because Daniel's whole, you know, his whole life is about, you know, kindness. Mark's, Mark's like a cyborg. Like you, you see Mark, he's, you know, the, the other sharks are kind of like, you know, kind of getting in it and they're fighting and they're not understanding and everything. And Mark's kind of like off on the side and his, he's like, doo, 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 doo. you know, he's like off to the side and he, he does this thing where he leans back and he just looks at everyone and he just gets to, he understands the situation. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit quicker in, in, in some instances. And in, in my case, he got it. And he, he even at one point was advocating. He's like, guys, what's so hard? It's four guys. They founded the company and they've allocated a portion of their equity to give back to charity. Right. He's, he understood it. He didn't get caught up in the semantics and he just kind of like distilled it down to what it was. And he gets frustrated because they're wasting time kind of beating me up on that. But um, yeah, I, I think really to be successful in life, you should not just do things, you know, in in pursuit of money. In fact, I, I think that's an awful, I think that's an awful reason to start a company, to be honest with you. Million percent agree. A million percent. Uh, uh, so I know we're, we're just about out of time, uh, but I, real quick, you did close your deal with Daniel? We we, we did. Not similar, to, not what was agreed to on air, but yes. Oh, that's well. That's great that you were able to get it to close. And yeah, I, I, a lot of people don't realize that that isn't always the deal that ends up, at, you know, after due diligence and if the show airs and then things get like crazy afterwards. And it's like, ah, it's not really worth what you, we was, you know, especially being conservative. So um, <laughs> before heading up Shark Tank, so that's that's awesome. Do you have a great? Did you do a big launch party or watch party? We did. We did. We. I mean. Uh, I'm Coptic Orthodox, and so we have a big community of of, of supporters and friends, uh, and they all showed up with my family. And you know, it's no, one, I'm not one of those people that like seeing themselves on TV, um, but everyone else loved it, and it was, it was like it was like definitely one of the high points, uh, you know, that I've I've experienced as, as an entrepreneur. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was, and sales were good that night. I hope. Uh, we're not primarily a direct-to-consumer business. We're more of a retail business. That's true. Um, yeah, we, we did. We did try to get a direct-to-consumer site up and running, um, but you know, with limited time and not really a lot of experience. And in that. For, again, frozen <laughs> direct-to-consumers. Uh, frozen, it's different than throwing it, toss it in a box and send it on its way. Exactly. Um, uh, what does the future of Tada look like today? Uh. Well, it, it's go. I, I have to imagine that we're going to have additional challenges because you know the last couple of years have been extremely challenging. But we are really fortunate. We've got a really loyal customer base. Uh, we've actually uh, rolled out in uh, Walmart stores, so Walmart stores are are testing out the product, and we're actively working on bringing some new product concepts uh, to the marketplace and. Uh, you know, we want to keep pushing. We want to, 
get people eating food that's, you know, healthy and convenient and tasty and kind of maybe takes you a little bit outside of your comfort zone in terms of the, the type of cuisine that you eat. But, you know, we're trying to broaden people's palates and, and uh, get them on, you know, a, a healthy, you know, tastier way of eating. That is wonderful. And everyone should go check out tadafoods.com. Uh, finally, uh, before we get out of here, uh, how did you find out about the video? Since you apparently don't want to watch yourself crying, uh, did somebody? I, no, you know, I, every now and then I will Google our name to see, you know, if anything has popped up from like a, a media standpoint, because post-show there's so much media coverage. And I think, you know, we got like, close to 140 million online impressions, you know, in about 30, 38 or 39 different web publications. And, um, and so, you know, every now and then, you know, I just try to monitor, you know, what consumers might be saying, maybe not on our website or on social media, but like on different websites. So I just Google it. And then it showed like a, you know, because people put like funny fan videos and stuff like that. And, and then I saw yours and, and uh, it was, it, I thought it was, I thought it was a great concept, right? Where you're kind of like breaking down the business aspects uh, for those uh, interested in, in learning more about how, how stuff is made and how businesses are built. And, and as, as I, as am I, cause I learned as well. Like that's part of the, the black and white belt, right? Is you're teaching as well as you're learning. Um, cause I don't know anything or much about the frozen food uh, industry myself, except for Neither Shark Tank. And- Neither do I. <laughs> I, you know what? Anyway, I'm just otherwise is, is, is pulling your chain. I'm, I'm 11 years in and I'm still faking it. <laughs> I, love, I love it, John. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. It's an absolute pleasure. Welcome back anytime. Um, I know you have a huge busy schedule, so we're going to get out of here. Uh, I appreciate you watching to the end. I'll see you in one of these two videos over here. If you want to watch John's pitch, click up here. Take care and go be super. Later, guys. Thank you.